Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I got fired from a job. And I'd never been fired from anything. And there was this moment where I knew I had to rebuild my life slowly. Because suddenly I was like, oh, I have nothing. <laughs> like I, I could live anywhere. I could go anywhere. But I don't have any money. Right? Like it was endless possibilities. And yet like so limited in my possibilities. And looking back on that, I don't think I did anything that like got me out of it. It was just a slog of conversations and small advances and like two steps forward, one step back. And I think it's easy to look back from a moment where like I'm very grounded in my life and I have a partner who loves me and friends who make me feel glad I live in the city I live in and a job that I adore and be like, ah, it was all worth it. But when I look back on that time, I don't see a clear path from there to now. I just know that like it was hard and all advances were small and there wasn't a day where I was like, I did it. Now I'm here. I'm out of this tough moment. And that's what we're talking to Katie about today. Katie is in one of those slog moments and she is trying to make sense of the chaos and take some steps forward in order to do that. And the thing that she is wondering about in the midst of this chaos is what to do with a book that she has written. I'm Vanessa Zoltan, and this is Should I Quit? Hi, Katie. Hi. How are you doing this fine day? 
I'm well. Um, I went on a walk this morning hmm. um, and it was cloudy. So that was a bummer, but I will. <laughs> is there anything that you see on your like morning walk that you're like, mm, this is my favorite thing that I'd see? So there are currently, we have sandhill cranes and there is a nest in one of the ponds and I get to see the little sandhill crane nesting. And I, I like that. <laughs> Okay. That's awesome. That's so much yeah. better than any answer I could have imagined for you. Also, I realized that I said little, they're not little, they're very tall. <laughs> so what question do you have? So my question is, should I stop trying to get my book published? Not should I stop writing, mm-hmm. but should I stop the publishing attempt? Okay. Because I've been trying for several months now and I just keep getting no's and I'm the type of person who when stuff doesn't work out is like well you should try something else or you should try it a different way and I don't really know what other way to try. Mm -hmm. So first just like tell me about your book like fiction nonfiction, collection of essays. It is fiction it is a historical fiction that is set in a 1400s, late 1430s in England during the first Black Plague. And the whole point of what I was trying to get to was, what do you do when the world stops around you? And you're, you're young and you don't know, like your entire future has been erased, like what you were supposed to be is gone. Nobody knows what's happening. What do you do when your future is sort of taken from you? This book has been in my head for like 15 years. This was way before 2020, although I know it sounds very specific to 2020. I'd pretty much basically finished it by the time that the pandemic started. I was doing some back edits that were like fairly minor. Okay, so what do you think getting published would mean to you? Why is it important to you to get published? So I was a kid who read like constantly and books really were and still are sort of how I shape like my view of the world and what my values are and what's important to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I really want to be able to give that back to people. Mm. Um, also, <laughs> validation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, I, I've been a writer for a really long time. I w- did um, a double major in undergrad and part of that was writing. So I was in a writing program for three and a half years. And yeah, I mean, I guess I just want to know that I'm good. (laughs) Is it important to you to have that be from the publishing industry? Like whose validation do you want? That's a really interesting question because when I was younger, I wrote fan fiction Mm -hmm. and I had like a pretty specific like series and a really good fair following Mm -hmm. of people who were like really interested and would leave like really nice comments and they would follow me from book to book. And that's like what I loved. Like it wasn't like the website that I hosted, it was giving me like, you know, a pat on the head or certainly not money for it or anything. But it was like that sort of community that came up around the books that I was writing. And um, you don't have to do the air quotes. They were books. (laughs) Fan fiction is a legitimate form of art. Yes, yes. And like, I mean, I wrote like six of them. So Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, yeah. And so that's it amazing. Was, thank you. Yeah, it, it was it was a really important moment for me because it was the first time I'd ever finished anything. And then it was the first time that not only did I finish something, I finished a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> but I just really enjoyed having people who were reading it and, and wanted to know more. But I also haven't self-published. Yeah, right. And why do you think that is? There's nothing wrong with being ambitious. Like, I don't think it's a vain answer to be like, I fucking want one of the big six houses to like tell me that I'm awesome. Like, that's a valid answer. I just want to suss it out. If you self-published, right? Like there are, is more than one very successful person on the New York Times bestseller list right now who started out by self-publishing. Like, yeah. why haven't you self-published? So this is not the first book that I've written. I wrote another book in high school and attempted to get that published. And I did look into the self-publishing route for that. And I was expecting to have like at least an editor look at it. And they were like, no, we can publish it today. And I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think so. And I was like, that doesn't feel right. And then like a year or two later, I looked back at that and I, the manu- manuscript and I was like, oh, this is not good. <laughs> this is, there's probably seeds of a good story in it, but it just wasn't it would not have been a good book to have been published. Mm -hmm. And so that sort of put me off of self-publishing because it felt like at least the people who I was looking into didn't really care if the book was good or if it had reached its full potential. They were more just like, let's just put a book out there. Yeah, no, totally. So part of what you're looking for in an editor is a gatekeeper, to like stop you from publishing something that in two years you'll think is bad? Yeah, I, I guess I, I'm, I would just like someone else to look at it and be like, I am in the industry and yes, this is good. It's not just like a friend who's read it or like even a professor, mm-hmm. although most of my professors were pretty honest. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Like it's somebody who like doesn't have a reason to be nice to me. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's what you're looking for, this seems like a really open and shut case. Like you need to keep putting it out there because you want someone's feedback who you don't know. So then why would you consider stopping? So last summer I quit my job Mm -hmm. because I just wasn't in a good place. It wasn't a good experience, either like where I was living or the actual job itself. And I had given myself a deadline, which was a month after my coworker and only friend in the town left. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I was like, I'm going to leave whether whether or not I have a job. I thought I was going to have a job. Mm -hmm. And then the like, my last day, I got the news that I did not get that job. Mm -hmm. So I moved home. And that was really difficult for me because I had made this narrative in my head that I was going to go out into the world and do big things. The job that I had been in was in museums. I was a curator. Mm -hmm. And so 
my like sort of idea of myself was that like either through public history or through writing, I was going to like change lives. And then I had to move back into my parents' house in the suburb where like I went to middle school and hated it because everybody hates middle school. And and I was like, all right, well, I'll take a, you know, a month to regroup because I had also just finished my master's degree. So for like the last two years, I'd been really stressed and I was like, I'll just take a break. And then that break is, is, is still happening. <laughs> and so I guess I'm just kind of really tired of the rejection, honestly. Yeah. Not only have I been rejected from a lot of agents, I've been rejected from a lot of jobs. Mm -hmm. I, I have applied to 79 jobs in the last year mm -hmm. and not gotten one. <laughs> and so it's just, it's just really tiring. Yeah. It's just really hard to, you know, sit down and research the agents and write up the query letter and get all of that set to get no. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of authors get no. I know that that's how that works. There are so many manuscripts out there in the world and there are so many few that become books. But the rejections that I get are sort of form mm -hmm. rejections, which again, I understand, but I can't really do anything with, it's just not for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's not helpful. That doesn't give me a way to figure out how to, you know, fix it or move forward. And the two rejections that I got that were a little bit more detailed were, um, this book is not long enough, mm. which I was like, huh, well, that's, it's all I have to say on it, unfortunately. Like, that's not usually, I, I usually am an overwriter, but I did get to a point where I actually ended the book before I thought I was going to end it because the characters, like, basically said, this is it. And then the other one was, I just find that books set in this time period don't sell well. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, there's not a lot I can do about that. The, the whole book is its setting, basically. Yeah. So I guess it, I, it's, just, it's just really hard right now, which yeah. is, yeah. yeah, it's just really hard. Yeah, that's, that is relentless and awful. And I feel like we've all been there, <laughs> like whether it be in dating or jobs or putting art out there, whatever it is, I feel like we've all applied for things and just like been in those slumps, right? Where it's just like, oh my God, will I ever come out of this? So first, I just want to promise you that you will come out of this rejection slump. Like your turn will come. And the question is how to get there without driving yourself completely up the wall. And yeah, I think actually that's it. <laughs> Get there without driving yourself up the wall. Yeah. Like you don't want to stay in this bedroom, right? Like in, in the town where you're middle school, right? Like you have goals and you're in the middle of the hard part of getting to your goals. Yes. Yes. And uh, I also... I just have a lot of negative self-talk like I just always have and like mm -hmm. part of part of this f for both things for for searching for the job and for trying to get the book published is like well maybe you're just not good enough like maybe that's the thing 
Like maybe like not everybody can be. Maybe you just think you are, but you're not. So maybe you should just give up and like go do something else that you might be better at. Don't know what that other thing would be, though. (laughs) How many agents have you queried? Is it 10? Is it 100? I think it's like 20. Okay. How long? How many words is the book? It is over a little over 52,000, I believe, or around 52,000. It needs to be 60. 60. You won't sell it. Okay. Yeah. First books are supposed to be shorter, like books are supposed to be between 70 and 100,000 words. Romance novels are actually supposed to be even longer, but first novels are allowed to be a little shorter, but you won't find an agent with a book that's less than 60,000 words, just for you to think about. Okay. Didn't know that. Does that like make it exciting to you that like, oh, that's going to maybe change things? Or are you just like, but this book is 52,000 words and oh, well. I think at first I thought that, but now I'm thinking maybe I don't have to like, I don't have to add more plot, but I can go out and flesh out maybe more details or things. And that's exciting because that puts me back in the world and it puts me back with the two characters who are really very different from anyone else I've ever written, but I really love. Mm-hmm. I kind of miss them. <laughs> okay. Okay. So that's, that's fun, right? Yeah. Like. And that means that this agent was actually nice, right? And like gave you yeah, actually helpful, helpful advice. <laughs> yeah, which is just nice yeah. to know. Yeah. Okay, so you're in this slump. What makes you feel better these days? Or what could make you feel better that you have control over? Like would a story of like, and I keep applying, make you feel better? Would a story of like, I'm going to go back and work on the book make you feel better? Would a, I'm taking a break. I'm not querying right now because that's not my priority right now. Like which of these narratives about this moment would make you feel better? I don't think it's the break one because I basically have taken a break. Um, I haven't sent a query, I think since like November and that I still feel bad. (laughs) Um, And I don't know that it's the continuing to query at this moment just because, I don't know, I'm just, I I am really stressed about the job thing and I feel like maybe I should be focusing on that. Yeah. But I am interested in the going back to the book narrative because I had thought that I was done. And now I might not be done. That's, I'm at least doing something. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, you know, applications or job hunts going to go, but I do know that I can write. <laughs> yeah. So writing can feel like something you can control again rather than a place of rejection. Yeah. There's just only so much we can deal with at once, right? Applying for two different kinds of things at the same time. Like, it's too much. It's too much. Yeah, that might have been a bad idea. (laughs) I mean, it's not. Sometimes that's how the world shakes out. And also, you're like, I happen to not have a job right now, so I have time to do both, right? Like, it looks like a good idea. But I just was part of a stress workshop. And when our stress goes up, our ability to tolerate vulnerability goes down. And so your stress is up because you're looking for work and then your ability to like deal with vulnerability 
like all of your energy is going to this other thing. And so having two huge things that you're vulnerable about feels stressful. Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> so right, like divide and conquer. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, and I like that because it's also not, it's not giving up. It's just coming back when I'm better prepared and when the book is better prepared. And what, Yeah, when it's just the right time. There sadly is a right and wrong time for things, you know? Which is frustrating, but just how it is. <laughs> I know. I'm someone who really is impatient and wants everything today to be the right time for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. But... <laughs> Well, Katie, thank you so much. I'm really excited for you to keep working on this book and for this book to be in the world one day when it's ready and when you're ready. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, this has been really helpful. You've been listening to Should I Quit, our latest season of The Real Question. Our show is funded through Patreon, so please consider joining us at patreon.com slash realquestionpod. If you're a regular listener, we would really love your support. Another way that you can support the show is by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Play or wherever you are listening to us right now. And you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Real Question Pod and Twitter at The Real Q Pod. We love to shout out our BFF tier patrons, Molly Real, Kristen Hall, Mary Margaret, Becky Boo, Jenny Cruz, Amanda Schramm, Effie Hugh, Shannon Chien, Renee Underhill, and Biddy. We are a Not Sorry production. Our executive producer is Ariana Nettleman. Our music is by Nick Bull and we're distributed by 8Cast. A special, special thanks to Katie for joining us today. And thanks as always to our wonderful team, Julia Argy, Nikki Zoltan, Lara Glass, AJ Yaramas, Hannah Rehack, Margaret H. Wilson, Courtney Brown, Casper Turkile, and Stephanie Paulsell. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.